Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Yeah, how good was Rick last week on Father's Day? For you guys that were here, man, Uncle Rick was brought a great message. Also, if you came to one of them, but you didn't come to all three, we don't, I'm not expecting any of you did, but Saturday and then both Sundays, he actually taught different messages, all three, all three lessons. And so you could go back online and check out those if you want. Dream big. And uh, that's awesome. Hey, we're jumping into our final week on Picture Perfect. And hopefully you guys have really enjoyed the progression of this last series that we've been leading all of us through. And uh, yeah, awesome, thank you. And uh, our pastors have been really teaching some great stuff for us, starting with having a healthy foundation. We had the cinder blocks on the stage. Then our pastors co-taught, talked about marriage, and uh, talking about baggage, talking about singles, talking about parenting in there, raising our kids, teaching our kids, not just letting the world develop them, teach them, train them, no, no. The Bible says train up a child. It's kind of like the backpack with the leash on it, you know what I'm talking about? No, you guys didn't like that. I thought that was funnier in my head. Um, I think my wife had one of those. She's a twin. I'm pretty sure her mom was the one walking through the mall with the two kids on the backpacks. Um, and uh, listen, uh, as our pastor going to come up on the stage, we're going to do a little panel today. Real, a little thought for us while we start this uh, little Q&A today to answer all the rest of the questions you guys have been asking. It's the one thing that the devil is going to attack the most in your life is going to be the relationships that God has put in your life. The devil is going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack close friendships. He's going to attack mentor relationships. He's going to try to bring division, disunity. He's going to try to attack the relationship. Why? Because God uses people to get his mission accomplished. And so God has submitted his ideas, his dreams, his hopes for your life to you. And so the best way for the devil to mess up the plans that God has for you is to mess up the relationships that God has for you. So we've been teaching all through relationships and your marriages. And so we're gonna jump into the rest of our questions today as we're kind of digging in. Uh, we're gonna start with, uh, with this question also. How's it going today, guys? Ready to go. You guys good? You ready for this? Tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So we swear you in? Okay. They've been sworn in in the back. Sworn in. How, do I, how have you walked through conflict? Has it changed over your 40 years of marriage, 40 years of working together, ministry, 40 years of raising kids and having grandkids? How do you work through conflict? Um, and has it changed a little bit in your guys' relationship? Yeah, conflict is real, right? And conflict never goes away. Right. One of the things I think that many of us struggle with is the thought that avoiding conflict is good and natural and what we should do. In fact, some of us have actually grown up in cultures that avoid conflict, mm -hmm. right? We just don't talk about stuff. We, we just don't go there. But Wendy and I learned at the beginning of our relationship, even before we were married, conflict is part of life and talking about it, diving into it, confronting it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to find resolution, find agreement, not just win the argument. Yeah. 
right? So how many, if you were honest, you would say, I would rather win the argument than solve the problem. Wow. Right? And I've been there. I get it. Because Wendy and I are disagreeing. We're arguing about something. And along the way, I realize I don't care what is right. I just want to win. I want her to admit you're right. Okay, that's the wrong spirit. That will never help you, nor will it help your marriage. So, yeah, dive in, but keep your mind on solution, agreement, not winning the argument. You can win the argument and lose your relationship. But, but I think conflict also has to, I think conflict is an absolute, it, it happens whether you like it or not. Yeah. And even if you ignore the conflict, all you did is just push it down, but it will produce bad fruit. It just, it just, oh, wow. it just gets sick like in the, so in the middle of it. So, so many people that don't believe, say they don't believe in conflict, but they are actually, their body is taking on the conflict and the relationship is because some people say, Oh, we don't have conflict. And they end up getting divorced. I said, well, you should have had some conflict. I mean, you should have talked about it. You know, you should have had some of that conversation in there. But I think that, that in conflict, once you go, okay, we will have conflict. Once you just, in any relationship, husband or wife, kids, in your job situation, in your family, you know, your mom, dad, cousins, whoever there are, there's going to be some conflict of differences of challenge. But if you have also put into kind of the flow of those relationships that I'm here, I'm not leaving, I'm not jumping out of the boat, that when Casey and I have conflict or Caleb and I have conflict, you know, being, a, being my son or being my husband, they already know she ain't going nowhere. There is an absolute solid, you know, cement in, I'm not going anywhere. So, with the, so if you, though, live a life and you're constantly having the door open, the window open, the possibility you're going to slide on out of whatever that, whatever that relationship is, you, you build inside a sense of insecurity. So when conflict arises, it's like you actually pull back and then honesty does not prevail. Because when you don't feel safe in a conflict, you stop speaking truth. You start hiding. You start making sure that you don't say something because just in case, like if I offend you, will you leave me? But in conflict, you do offend at times. Now, you shouldn't. I mean, you know, you, but your flesh does get in there. But Casey has offended me, and I have certainly offended him. But I always had the cement we are committed. I mean, I know I've offended Caleb. I know I've offended my kids, you know. But, but they also have the absolute that we, we love each other. We will walk through this together. And that might have to be built in your relationship. I'm not saying that we always have that, but that's something that it brings safety into conflict. Amen. I'm going to get that Aaron Rodgers t-shirt. I'm offended. <laughs> hey. Okay. Another question for you guys. Um, how do we create healthy boundaries? We had a lot of questions around a lot of these. My in-laws want to chime in. My parents still want opinions. My, or uh, boundaries around, you know, my, my siblings are jealous, envious. My friends are, yeah. they try to pull me to my old, you used to be this way, you used to act this way. So how do we create boundaries in relationships we still want? You know, we want our family to be involved, friends, to be, but how do we create healthy boundaries yeah. so we can live the life we feel we're called to live with our spouse, with our, but how do we live with healthy boundaries? 
Yeah, we, we spent a, a lot of time during the series mentioning the word intentional. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to boundaries, that's a big word, intentional. What are your intentions? What, what are the decisions you've made for your personal walk with God? Are you intentional in your prayer life, Bible reading, devotion, faith? Are you intentional? Or do you, well, you know, I pray when I, when I need to. So what, you're waiting for disasters to turn to God? No, let's be intentional. Intentional in our marriage, what we want, how much time. Do we have a date night? Do we what, what are our activities together? Do we hike together, walk together? What do we do? Intentional. Same with the children. How do we raise these kids? Who's teaching our kids? What do we want them to be taught? And then when family starts kind of intruding on our intentionality, we can say, you know, that, that doesn't work for us. No, we can't do that this week, or no, we're not gonna let the kids do that because we've already made a plan on how we live, how we roll, what we do, and what we don't do. And then you can say to your friends, man, it's a great idea, thanks for inviting me, but that's not gonna work for us. Don't just let everyone around you kind of set your pace and decide what you do, and never respond to manipulators or shamers. Mm -hmm. Will you never come over anymore? Yeah, yeah there's a reason. Oh, oh. I, I, I think that, um, like, men sometimes have a little bit different uh, under, like, thought about boundaries. So all you brothers in the house, some of you might have a little bit easier in, in this, but I think some of the sisters have a, have a challenge with this. There's, there's um, an author, um, Henry um, Cloud, who has, has been, written many books on boundaries, that if you are challenged with yeah. that, I would encourage you to get that. You can actually get it free from your library, or you can go buy it and, and underline it a lot. Henry Cloud, get some of his writing on that, because he's taken, he's really invested in studying how to help people that really have challenge with those boundaries and, and are really kind of overwhelmed with some of it. And, you, and it's not a simple answer all the time. So we're trying to give you some seeds of thought of how to do it. But, there's, but if you really are challenged with things, you really are overwhelmed sometimes with feeling like everybody else tells you what to do and you're following constantly or your husband or your wife or you constantly feel the conflict. I would say the smartest things that you can do is actually get good wisdom because Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed. My people are destroyed, what? For lack of knowledge. Very simply, often you don't know what to do about a situation because you just don't have the God knowledge of how to do it. So now once you get knowledge, I'm just gonna say very simply, knowledge is great also, but without action, yeah. knowledge is head action. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually decide, I'm gonna act on it. But I would encourage you in making boundaries, working with things, note this, take the steps you can, not the steps that somebody else can. So it might be baby steps, but you take the little steps mm -hmm. and you keep working it through your life. That's good. Amen. You guys getting something so far? Okay, how do I raise for, for us in the room that are still in that raising our kids season? How do we raise kids in a post-Christian culture? How do we raise them so that we don't alienate them from their friends, from people around them, they don't feel weird, but still they feel like they're following after Jesus. They're a Christian, they are separate yeah. from the world. How do we help raise kids in this culture? 
Well, I just say, you know, since I have, I have Wait a three minute, very, I'm first. I know, but I have such, I, I, uh, we, we have three such weak-willed children that they were You're very easy to just mold me. and put into a, shut up, and put into a, <laughs> you know, the, see, we don't see, say shut see, up. See, <laughs> you know when people, there, there were books written on, you know, the strong-willed child. And I remember thinking, when I looked at the title, and as my kids have gotten older, and as being a grandmother, I remember thinking, I am really grateful that I have strong-willed children. Like, sometimes you think, some people have used that kind of as a negative, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I want a strong-willed child. I want that person that has a strength within them. Now, as a parent, we have the joy of, have, of asking God regularly because every one of your children, every one of your grandchildren, and you know, the children that you have, they all have different bents that you cannot put them all into this one little box and say, this is identical of how you train up that child. So you respect and figure out, you pray, you get wisdom from God. God will give you thoughts and intents. And then I would say as a parent, you know, there is tremendous wisdom, right? One, one being in church, being around other believers, being around families that are, that are really have a mission of raising up their kids to really love and honor God. And I say, man, if you skip one, you know, they did a study on families that are the healthiest. The healthiest families come to church every week, not every other week, not once a month, because there's something about training up your child in a particular way. And then I also That was believe, a secular study. It was, there you go. Secular study says. There was a secular study that found people that went to Christian churches every week were it, the healthiest in the group. See, I mean, come on. Don't we want to be the healthiest in the group? So parenting to me was, it's very, very, I, mean, I, I look at parents and I'm sometimes like, do you realize you're putting all the wrong priorities into your schedule of life? If you look at your schedule of life, make sure that you have put the highest priorities into your schedule of what your family to love and honor. And then you do that schedule with great joy. You have joy in your home. You have not law, but joy. And I guess I feel like I'm a good generation of that. So I, you like my parents, you know, they, they raised six kids that all love God. And I thought, I got to be, I get to be a generation. Now, Casey, he didn't go to church ever growing up. We learned to work as a team, as a parent. So you have 49 seconds to talk about all that you know. I just submit to my wife. Recently, we've been talking about kids that leave church, right? Become mm -hmm. college age, yeah. leave church. And their families were in church pretty yeah. regularly. Yeah. And that the kids living with a non-Christian uh -huh. boyfriend or girlfriend, yeah. not, not going to church at all. Yeah. What happened? How come? I think if you are kind of, kind of lukewarm, so you come to church, but you don't really pray daily. You, you, wow. you come to church, but you don't really read your Bible. Yeah. You, you believe in Jesus, but... Let's not get too radical. It's not like we're tithers or something, you know. I mean, that's a little much. Can't afford yeah. to do that. Uh -huh. So you teach your kids how to take a little bit of God. Yeah. They're actually vaccinated. Ooh. They have enough of Jesus oh. that they think they're okay. Yeah. But they don't really want to follow Jesus. So when they get to college and the peer pressure in the world... They get yeah. distracted and their boyfriend or their girlfriend yeah. and they just go along with things because they didn't ever get a wholehearted 100%. Yeah. I'm all in for God. 
not just on Sunday. Right. We're all in for God all every in. day. Those are the kids that I see are able to live for God and have that long-term benefit of Christian life Amen. and godly life. So. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So your first lesson, you had an illustration with all the cinder blocks talking about building a foundation. Mm. So for a lot of our church family that's come to Jesus later in their life, mm. maybe, honestly, maybe you're 22, but you get saved. There's a lot of years where you're able to make some mistakes already. So we've already made some bad foundational decisions. Our foundations are cracked or misbuilt. How do I rebuild a foundation mm -hmm. that uh, I built without Jesus? How do yeah. I start uh, building a new foundation um, so it's a healthy one to build a life on moving forward? That's good. Yeah, and the what, great you get thing to go about, first stop, this time? Stop interrupting me. <laughs> Can we talk about conflict for a minute? <laughs> Let's talk about strong-willed wives. <laughs> hey, and all the sisters hey, in the house. Most pastors don't want to talk about family yeah. as much as we do because it's just too hard, right? They <laughs> certainly don't want to get their wife involved with the conversation. Yeah. And they certainly don't want their son leading the discussion. Yeah. So, hey. I mean, come on. We got some, we got some faith going on here. Uh, the great thing about salvation is Jesus gives us the ability to start over. Amen. When you are born again, you are really born again. So you don't have to worry about the 20 years before, the 30 years before you were born. You are born now. You're brand new in Christ. And you start right there, building a foundation, believing God, finding God's will, and the Holy Spirit helps you. God helps you. If my mentor, Julius, got saved when he was late 50s. Yeah. He'd been 30 years in prison. Yeah. He'd, he'd done every bad thing. And in his last years, he brought so many kids to Christ. And mm -hmm. he was the beginning of Christian Faith Center That's and right. accomplished great things in the last few years of his life. So it's not where you start, it's when you just go for God, Amen. that foundation Amen. gets established and God yeah. can do great things even in the last few years. Right. You know, and when you get, when you start, the thing about shame and um, thinking about your past and, you know, feeling like all your mistakes are all around you, no matter what age that you are, mm -hmm. you know, parents deal with shame, moms deal with shame. Oh, I made all these mistakes. You talk about parenting and many of us go right to the place that we were stupid, that we were idiotic, that we didn't talk right. Or in our life, there's so many things. We had abortions. We lived with people. We lived different wild lifestyles. All these things mm -hmm. come into us. And the devil loves to torment you with your past. He loves to torment you with everything that you did wrong. But guess what? Not only did you do wrong, but you will actually do wrong again in your future. And I think that's the thing that we as believers will say, wait a minute, I, I'm, not per I'm not Jesus walking this earth. So am I going to allow my do wrongs of my past to completely create who I am of today? Is it going to tattoo me for all of my life? Or are me and Jesus going to get together a real come to Jesus moment? And it might be many moments because I don't think it's just a one time, but it's a many moments of saying, you know, Father, I'm going to bring this area shame to you. The throne of God, I'm going to bring you to the cross. I'm going to say, thank you that you forgave me for that. Yeah. Now, no longer devil, do you get to bring torment to that issue anymore in my life. Do you see what I'm saying, family? Come on. So we, 
so we become new people. And anytime the devil brings up your shame again, you just say, yeah, left that with Jesus. Yep, left that at the cross. And you have to say that inside yourself. And then you continuously walk forward. Knowing this, though, that we as believers walking on earth, and I hope all the Christian faith family, you know this. We say this. Say, you're still going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to deal with your mistakes, Jesus thinking. You you did something, you know, you're like, "Ah, I can't believe I just acted that way again. And shame wants to hit you. And I'm never going to renew my mind. I'm never going to overcome this. I've had that happen to me too many times. And then I'm reminded, the Holy Spirit just comes and whispers. He said, bring it to me. Bring it to me right now. Don't, don't hold it. Bring it to me. Bring it to him. Get forgiven. Okay. 30 seconds. <laughs> How do I keep the spark in my marriage? Woo. Well, first have lots of sex. Okay. I'm going to let Caleb do the altar call. We're out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a decision, right? Again, that word intentional. Mm -hmm. Don't be a grumpy old person, right? Don't just act, you know, tired and my back is sore and I got a headache. Come on, man. Go for a walk. Do things together. Find activities together. Laugh together. Have fun together. Have sex, right? Brother Treat, I'm 42 now. What do you expect? Dude, please, right? So it's a choice, yeah. and uh, there's no secret sauce. Um, yeah. You could try all the pills. Oh, we're still there. Oh, we're still there. And all that from the world <laughs> might not help. Might not, might not help long term. Yeah. They might. But the choice. <laughs> yeah. You could try smoking pot, you know, give that a go. It's legal. You are so bad. Okay, two more questions. Okay. Will we always fight about fill in the blank? So will we always fight about money? Will we always fight about time? Will we always fight about TV? Will we? I think a lot of a lot of uh, even in our marriages or just in our close friendships, there's always the same type of struggle. Yeah. Will we always fight about it? Okay. So I love the song Doyle sang about the guitars. Okay. How many girls in the house, or maybe this could be guys, but how many girls? My husband loves pins. He loves pins. He has many pins, not just one pin, not just two pins. Just think not of just this, five that's pins. cheaper than not, a guitar. Yeah, no, not necessarily. You know what I'm he always uses that excuse. He always compares the one okay. thing he has to somebody that. So I'm just saying that sometimes he likes pins. How about I just go ahead and be at peace with the fact that he buys too many pins? Okay, so an argument. But what's I'm just, too many? Yeah. <laughs> one more. <laughs> I think the song said one more. One yeah, one more. more. He says one. Only no, one. But, no, but one you're, you're, I hope you're getting my point. You, yes, there are things in life that sometimes you would love to argue about again. Okay, there is certain yeah. things that you want to argue again. But, there are, but you have to also come to a place of saying, you know what? Does, is it life and death? that I'm irritated at whatever that is. Is it really such a detriment in our relationship? Or can I just go ahead on and be at peace that he gets too many guitars and he gets too many pins? No big deal. You know what I mean? No big deal. I can be at peace in my relationship. Okay. Remember when you fell in love, you only thought about all the things you liked about the person. Mm -hmm. Then after a few years together, often we only 
focus on the things we don't like. Uh-huh. And we just get stuck on the negatives. And the Bible says, when you lose your first love, you have to go back and do the first works. Yeah. Yeah. So go out to dinner, go on a date, go on a walk, sit and chat, have coffee, right. do the things that cause you to love each other and stop doing the things that just focus on the negative. Right, right. Hey, okay, last question. question. All right. Last question, we'll run out of time. I know. I'm going to get in trouble up here, you know, I so. Know. Uh, someone that I care about and I want in my life is the person that caused the baggage in my life. Yeah. Spouse, close friend, a parent, yeah. um, a boss. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with this? How do I get through getting rid of this, working through this baggage when the person in my life is the one that caused it? Can I go first and you go second this time? Okay, so I'll, I'll try to make this very succinct. I don't want, I'm not trying to, I feel like a little bit my conversation, it kind of sounds like, oh, just do it this way. And, and it's kind of like, sounds very easy. Yeah. No, I'm not ever trying to communicate that living in a great, healthy relationship is just simple and just do this one thing and everything will be just fine and dandy. We know that's not true because we live in real relationships that have different conflicts in them. And we, and I, I personally, I really get it where you have to really figure out how to make things work. And sometimes you feel like, well, everybody else is doing it and it's easy for them, but it's really hard for me. So that means, oh, bag it. I'm going to go find something else or I'm just going to go get mm-hmm. drunk or I'm just, it, I'm, I can't figure it out. But, cause, but all of us, I mean, I, I just seriously, I, I believe every one of us, we go through situations like and we wish sometimes it was just easier. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that everything was easier. I wish that we didn't have baggage from people that we love. I wish that, you know, having passionate relationships stayed easy and it was as simple mm-hmm. as just having sex. You know, that's not, having sex is not the simple part of keeping your passionate relationship. I mean, that's the simplest thing to do. But there's much deeper, harder things to do to keep everything yeah. better in life. So when we're talking about family and relationship, we're just giving seed thoughts today. But we also continuously are talking about the how-tos. That's why church is so important. Amen. So how, how bad, how destructive is that individual that's bringing baggage? Is it bad memories, but you can shake it off? Or is it you're back drinking and using drugs and the addiction's taking over. Mm-hmm. If it's destructive, you're gonna have to say, this person is no longer in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out, I'm moving on. There were people that Jesus would not allow in his world, because mm-hmm. he knew what he had to do and he knew they wouldn't help. Wow. On the other hand, you can forgive and you can let it go. Yeah. And you can say, yeah, this person's in my life, and I have to remind myself to forgive mm-hmm. some of the things that have happened, some of the things we've been through together, mm-hmm. but I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to stay happy, and I'm yeah. going to stay loving. So you have to decide for yourself how bad wow. is the influence. Yeah. If it's destructive, see you later. Wouldn't want to be a... Kind of ongoing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If it's like that ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys are getting all your questions. As of last night, we had different questions. Next service, we're going to have different questions again. Yeah. And so hopefully people are getting some good stuff yeah. today. Come on, let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. We've got to pray for a second. God, we want to pray right now for our relationships, 
for our marriages in the room, for our children, our parenting, our grandparents, for our, our friendships. God, we thank you that this is an idea that you created. Marriage is what you created. Deep, long-lasting, soul-filling friendships are from you. But they're also so fearful for so many of us. It's come with so much baggage, so much fear, so much pain. So God, we're, we're praying right now for healing in our relationships, for forgiveness in our relationships, for a, a peace, a breakthrough from the baggage and the bondages from our parents or our teachers or a boss or a coworker. God, we thank you for healing right now flowing in our relationships. I thank you, God, that we're, we're, we're a people, we're a church that walk in great godly relationships in our marriages and our parenting, that we use your wisdom. God, thank you that you're flowing in our relationships. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, before we leave today, whether you're in the room. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.